Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own band, Helsink. And with me, I believe he's with us this, to this uh, week. He is the platinum, gold, nickel standard in ghost hunting, Steve Parson. Uh, well, I am. I am, in fact, here. I know. That's yeah. You so left that, me out in the lurch there. You've never done that. It was like I didn't know what to do because it's like you've never done that. You're you're a true blue. Well, you know, I I didn't have a voice last week. It wasn't yeah. worth. So. And I, then of course, couldn't really do about that. All the times, Cal's always calling us. He he backed out so. Yeah, it it was good. <laughs> I can imagine. Was... Anyways, well, anyway, we're yes. here now, so that's all good. Yeah, and I'm waiting for our guest to. She she rebooting the computer because she said that nothing happened when we called her. So, right. oh, there we go. Apparently, so. this is all going wrong now because I tried to restart this on my Mac and I then started ringing on my iPad. So now sitting on my iPad. Oh, there you go. It's all right. I'm sitting on an iPhone. So, <laughs> so joining us now is parapsychologist Dr. Ann Winsper. Good evening or good afternoon or good morning, depending on evening. where you are. Evening here. Not quite morning there. No, it's it's approaching midnight, but not quite there yet. It's one so, o'clock uh, in the morning in Kiev. Yeah. Well, I, you have a word with your president. State of the nation speech last night. Iran. Yes, I was just watching that on the news. Iran's president was definitely Why? Why in. would you? Why? Would because you, why? It, because it was on our news broadcast that oh, uh, your your president had said the Russian troops are encircling uh, Kiev, and uh, they're going to do horrible things to the people of Iran. Yeah, of course. Anyway. Uh, well, he was there. That's how important it was for me. I was at the Red Light Science, which we were joined remotely by Stephen Scott from Scotland, which was two o'clock in the morning. That's a by, good trick. Two o'clock in the morning by uh, the time he was done. When so, you say you joined remotely at the Red Light Science, I'm presuming you mean technologically remote. He didn't come through the table or the glass. Well, did I say that? We said remotely. Yeah. So how do you know he didn't? Remotely. That's what I'm asking. Oh, okay. No, he was actually technically with us, but um, as well as but, uh, uh, was it astrally glee or whatever the heck it was with us. Anyways, we do have a guest tonight, so let's not chit chat too much about useless stuff. Well, uh, are you going to tell her what you said when you couldn't connect earlier? What? She's a woman. She's always late. Is that what you were saying? Right. Yeah. 
Oh, anyway, that's about just my opinion. You, yeah, are, don't now worry about my you are now on my hit list. Be afraid. Thank you. Thank you. You know, one th one thing I can't stand is not being on somebody's hit list. I mean, it's really irritating. You know, I try so hard, and, and when I don't make it, it really, really upsets me. You, you've never experienced being on one of my hit lists, have you? And I, I would be so pleased to meet you one of these days. I really would, because I, I am enthralled by you and your lifestyle and your... Everything you do, it's it's quite interesting. Uh, you love the collection you love, of dead radioactive birds. <laughs> you love cats. I mean, how can you not like anybody who loves cats? And dead radioactive birds. Well, whatever. <laughs> Probably duped or something. I don't know. Anyways, so Anne, you are also a parapsychologist. I mean, why would anyone want to go into parapsychology? Why not? I mean, no, I must, after being hassled by Steve for so long about how horrible it is to be a parapsychologist, I thought, well, I'll just have to be one then. I thought you were for, I, oh, well, well, there's a bit of backpacking okay, going on. Okay, I, I am technically a psychical phenomenologist. That's better. So <laughs> what? A psychical wait a minute, wait a phenomenologist. And who gave you that title? I gave it to myself. There you go. <laughs> because it fits exactly what I do, whereas parapsychologist doesn't quite fit it. No, anybody can call themselves parapsychologist. Witness and they do. And, and they, <laughs> and do. they do. Even yes, people in the media. There are quite, quite a lot of people who aren't psychologists calling themselves parapsychologists. Haven't quite worked out how that works yet. So the, the basis of a parapsychologist is, is a psychology degree. Is, is that what you're t telling me? Yes, the, the clue is in the title, parapsychologist. So Parasite. Oh, very good. Specialise in the para side of things. You know I'm about to disagree, don't you? Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm <laughs> building you up to it. I how, come not, how come? Wait a minute. How come he's not on your hit list? I've always disagreed with her, and I've always been on her hit list. Oh, okay, good. There, now I'm in good company. All right, carry on. Well, the term parapsychology pre-exists psychology, um, or the involvement of psychology in uh, the paranormal, because the the term was used way back in the 19th century, and it was in common use to describe paranormal phenomenology. So maybe it's just that the psychologists have stolen it. I think that's about to steal that one because it does actually say psychologist in the name. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Harry Price actually defines uh, his use of the word parapsychology, which is before Ryan. Um, and what Price says is that uh, it is obviously uh, related to the mind and psychology and the behaviours of people. So and uh, but that's it. I mean, that's even before Ryan and the, the, the Ryan Institute and the coining of the or, or the, uh, the appropriation of the word by academia. I prefer, metaphysical. I prefer metaphysical. Hmm. It's irrelevant anyway, because everyone right. and his dog calls themselves a parapsychologist now. So it's totally yeah. meaningless. Anyone, anyone with anyone whose dog who's got twenty five dollars. 
But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Hans Holzer. So on the psych- psychology and parapsychology, or whatever, it's it's really the study of of people rather than phenomena. Is would is that what we're trying to say here or not? Well, that's why I call myself a psychical phenomenologist because I'm looking at the experiences that people are actually having. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to approach it from a point of view of not labelling exactly what's going on, but just finding out what experiences people are actually describing and experiencing. And I prefer... And I don't like the term either, but I prefer paraphysicists for what I do, because I look at the mm-hmm. physical uh, world and it's the way it's interpreted as being paranormal but it's all about people ultimately because without people to have the experiences we're all just in the dark i agree agree well you might be in the dark i'm in gently glowing green light well i am in the dark yeah Yeah. i'm i'm doing it out of um, solidarity to kiev turn the lights off actually our, our central heating boiler failed last night so we got the cold as well. Oh, there you go. So I, I have my Himalayan salt lamp going, so that that gives me the, the proper glow and cleanses the air from all the hate that people send send at me. So remember but, that. But um, when when we when you introduced Anne, you uh, you shortchanged a rod. Oh, geez, I know this was going to happen because she's won an award. Oh, please, really? A recognition of her. Um, well, you tell her, man. The Benteen, Michael oh. Benteen Award. I knew you were going to say that. I'm going to have to look it all up now. <laughs> it was Evie. It was um, Time, time Slips and Teresa. Well, I was trying to find a better way of putting it than um, EVP and Teresa. Well, it was Time Slips and Teresa, actually. Of it. Yeah. Shows how much I know. Anyway, Michael Benteen was a very famous English comedian and stage actor who was very interested in the paranormal. And um, way back in 1981, when ASAP formed, he was one of the. Um, he was invited to be a patron, and he did join, and he donated some of his library to ASAP and in recognition of uh, good quality high uh, high quality work mm-hmm. uh, the the uh, association ASAP the association for the scientific study of anomalous phenomena phenomenal phenomena um, <laughs> be... <laughs> making make an occasional I was going to say it used to be an annual award to the year that we were about to win it, and then they stopped stopped making it. But um, and now it's an occasional award, and this year's winner was announced a couple of weeks ago um, in recognition of her excellent work in relation to time slips, which is the main reason that she's here tonight, and her ongoing support of and research into Teresa Higginson, who we may go into later tonight. Oh, with some I trepidation. Have, I have to say, I, I was with a lot quite, of trepidation. Yeah. Don't know I was quite honoured. This is 
it was very, very kind of them to award it to me, and I do appreciate it quite a lot. I'm just very bad at accepting things like awards, but I, I do appreciate it, and it is quite an honour. As I remember, yeah. Anne, we got very cross with them over the same award, didn't we, about we 20 did. years ago? We got very cross. <laughs> yeah, I because I was going to ask you, whose, whose company are you in with uh, on this prestigious award? Oh. Whose company are you with in this prestigious award? In other words, who else has won this award? Um, Nobody else? Oh. Well, well it, it hasn't been awarded very... Um, no, well, you see, the problem you've got, Ron, is that neither Anne nor I are now active members of ASAP. And uh -huh. the award isn't... isn't it's, it's only been recently re recommenced, and it was only in frequent... Um, it used to be annual up till about 20 years ago and then and it was awarded then for um, the best quality investigation um, so the highest standard of investigation work and a number of groups around the UK would submit their investigations and they would be judged um, on the thoroughness and accuracy of their work and the final year that I can recall the Michael Benteen Award being not awarded was the year that um, it was the Camel, it must have been Camel Erd, uh, the Camel Erd shipyard investigation. And um, they decided, as we were the only entrant, they weren't going to award it. <laughs> <laughs> Because nobody That's could lovely. compete with nobody could compete with us. So, like you know, oh well, we won't award it then. Um, so we got very cross about it. But that's been redressed somewhat now because Anne has now finally got the shield, the Michael Benton. The do she deserved back then? Yeah, we all, you know, you absolutely deserved it, um, and she deserves it this time around. In fact, I noticed looking at the picture of the shield that it must be a. Uh, it's a new award because the little shields that are engraved are all at the moment blank. So um, I'm I figuring. I do believe someone said that was an old photograph because uh, I, ah, I that know that the CJ won it last year, which was oh, the first it? time it had been started since it had been allowed to lapse. So what did it? What did he win it for? Just being services to ASAP and organising everything. Oh, okay. Because he's ah. organised all the talks and the memberships, and so it wasn't for investigating or or any really work in the paranormal, other than planning events. His, his outstanding contribution to ASAP through administration, editing of the journal, overseeing printing and distribution of publications, and organising and hosting of webinars is what oh. CJ. So that was Volunteer of the Year award then. Well, last just year saying. it was, but this yeah, year they just they've changed. This year they've changed it back to how it used to be, which is for a high quality contribution to the field of paranormal research. Very good. Which you know what I mean. Something. Ever since I got into the paranormal, there, people have always been given out awards in. Uh, you know, you get nominated. I remember the first time I just like I talked to Jeff Belanger, who's been in the field way, way longer, and he says, 
Yeah, don't even worry. All it is is a way of promoting themselves. So there were a lot of awards that people used to do. They would give, like their group would say, oh, we'll give you to author of the year. Author. And, and it was just an award that they gave. Now, ASAP is, I'm not comparing it because ASAP is a, is a far more nobler and, and uh, oh, don't prestigious. Know. What's that? I don't know. I'm sorry, I was just thinking out, just muttering out loud. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're as prestigious as they used to be. Used to be? Okay. But but you understand. I mean, the rewards are no awards. This is a, a very quality well. it's, it's a quality award. This this is a quality award, and I yes. think I've just scuppered my um, invitation to the conference. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> just the same as I'm on the end's hit list. <laughs> anyway, Ian, you have a new project you are working on, correct? Um, it's not new. Okay, it's I, I stand corrected then. It's something I've been doing for quite some time. Um, I'm just trying to resurrect it somewhat, um, which is looking Try at... Try praying to Teresa. <laughs> yeah, Teresa just keeps popping up. <laughs> no matter what I do. I, I feel like I ought to go and visit the grave again. <laughs> Have don't, <a> don't. <laughs> She could leave a picture of me, and that way she could get her vengeance. Yeah, you probably don't want to get involved with Teresa. Hey, I, uh, I, I got the picture the, that caused all the ill in the world. So if, that, if I can handle that, I, I, I'm sure. Teresa's not evil. Teresa is, a, is um, I, I forget the stage. It's, uh, it's pre-beatification. Um, okay, so she's in consideration extent. in consideration for sainthood. Correct. Um, okay. This is That's this cool. is the anti she is the antithesis of your photograph. Oh, the antithesis. So why are we so panicking about uh, even the mention of her name? Because weird shit happens whenever we she do. Has a, <laughs> she has a way of directing things. <laughs> <laughs> You and suddenly been find on, yeah. yourself going down paths that appear to have been preordained in some way. And as I said a couple of weeks ago on the show, and following cyclists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amongst other things. Well, we'll get. I, I, I'm sure you don't want to talk about her right now. Because we, we can go into no. a little bit about Anne's project, uh, which she said she has been working on for several Years now, Ian? Yes, it was something that Steve and I started looking at quite some time ago. But um, I've been carrying it on in the background, but I thought I probably ought to start resurrecting it as a project. Uh, people seem to be interested in it. And it's, it's looking at time slips. Uh, we have an area locally in Liverpool where there appears to be quite a preponderance of time slip reports. Uh, obviously, it's not just um, confined to that area. There's slight, mm -hmm. there's other areas in the city and there's areas across the country and indeed across the world that have been reported to me where these strange, unusual, apparent time slip experiences happen. So what, what is your de definition of a time slip, Ian? Gosh, even the definition's a bit difficult. Um, when you start looking at them, in great detail, uh, they appear to be 
possibly on some sort of continuum with haunting experiences, except time slips tend to be the whole scene around someone changes. Um, and it's as if they have literally stepped back in time or very occasionally stepped forward in time. There are some unusual features that people tend to report, which is that the light seems to go a bit dim and sounds seem to go really quiet. But people interact with other people in these experiences. So they might see themselves in a street as it was 100 years ago. And they only realise if they look around and think everyone's dressed in a really strange way and they'll look at people in a strange way. Like, what are they doing looking like that? But the people will look back at them in a strange way as if they're the ones out of place mm -hmm. and they can talk to people and interact with people. There's been quite a few documented cases of people actually bringing objects out of these time slips. Um, old really? Packages wrapped in string that disintegrates. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's another Teresa-related one, but it has happened to other people that are completely different from Teresa. People go into shops, they can't pay with money because people are saying, what's that you're trying to use to pay with? If they get given money, it's old-fashioned money. So people are actually interacting and bringing objects back from these unusual experiences. Oh, that's, do you, so, I mean, some of the conditions that you mentioned now, do you think there are, there are natural causes? For instance, if you've got a, uh, a storm coming in, it, it, you, you, you get that same description you described, you get where everything is deadly quiet and uh, the, you even get that same strange glow. It, it, you know, we always talk about the, the quiet before the storm. Do you think there are some type of uh, atmospheric or, or natural causes for for these uh, uh, events? Well, I did look for a while into whether it was just some sort of psychological experience, because there are some sort of stress experiences that can mimic it. However, people who are together can see exactly the same thing they have exactly the same experience and it's only when they realize something unusual has happened and they discuss it that they've had exactly the same experience but also the unusual conditions only happen for that short time that the experience is happening so someone might walk onto a street the light's a bit dim, it's a bit quiet, everything seems old-fashioned. They might walk into a shop and the whole experience stops. Or they might be sitting there talking to someone. They turn away, turn back, the person's gone, the scenes return to normal, all those unusual conditions have gone. So it's, it's not, I don't think, as simple as just atmospheric conditions because it's, it's too defined... Uh, I mean, I'm quite sensitive to weather conditions with my terrible migraines, but those build up until something causes it to stop, like the weather breaks, the atmospheric change, whereas with this, they're quite discreet and they only seem to last for, I think the longest is probably about half an hour or so. Um, oh, that's, that's a good period. About huh? five or ten minutes. Yeah. As I recall, Anne, 
um, when we when we were looking at it in Liverpool, we couldn't find a pattern, could we, with regards no. to the season or the weather conditions or the climate. Um, the one that was associated with weather conditions and stormy weather, but that was the only one. None of the yeah. others have fitted that pattern at all. No, we couldn't find. It was one of the things that we did look at um and I, I do recall the frustration of not finding a focus. Um, I think one of the ideas we looked at as well was the uh, electromagnetics from the underground railways. But again, we we were completely uh, unable to to pin any single uh, event to a cause. Is there such a thing where an object from a past, for instance, we, we, we're not really defining what time slip is, but an object from the past appears in the future and then disappears after a certain period of time? Is <laughs> it's Teresa again, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to give an overview of the story because poor Ron's not going to know what well, we're talking about. We're a bit close to the ad break, so it's a long okay. story. So keep talking well, about not, the general yes. time. I'll save it till after the ads, but I'll only yeah. go into the object, not the rest of the story. Actually, okay. we do have, I think, there is one documented um, example of a time slip. Um, we have a tape recording still in mm. the archive in, my, in the attic here of an event that took place where time apparently slipped um, because the recording doesn't re doesn't correlate at all to the experiences of the people that were there um, and actually supports the time slip idea. Which is interesting. I mean, I, I know that my good friend uh, Mark Nesbeth from uh, Gettysburg uh, talks about the, uh, the blood that appeared at... Uh, uh, the D Daniel Lady Farm on the floor, where he was able to document it for a half an hour, including video measurement, taking a sample and everything else. And then after a sh period of time, that blood just disappeared like it was never there. And uh, he was he did have a sample of it, which was able to verify that it was human blood. Uh, but the floor itself would had a fine coat of dust on it, like there was really nothing there unusual. So, I mean, th th that's what I kind of was asking it. So if there, if there are times when something does appear from a different time period and then uh, uh, disappears. The answer to that is yes. And we'll tell you about it after the break. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. It's sort of uh, Dr. Who-esque. Anyways, you are listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio with uh, Ron Kolick and Steve Parson and our very special guest, Ian Winsper. And we're talking time slips and other cool stuff. And we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Log Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends at Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Uh, you too can become a member. So check out that Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. And we'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Pillar X family. second half of tonight's double ghost chronicles this is the international edition with ron and steve and our special guest dr ann winsper the world's only paranormal phenomenologist <laughs> who's studying time slips and a saint so just not- before the break end you were going to tell us about uh your experience with uh actually the backstory on uh was it believe Teresa is her name yes I'm hoping you can still hear me. I've swapped over onto a different computer while the break was on. Oh. Yeah, loud and clear. Oh, marvellous. Yeah. Okay. Yes, um, Teresa. I won't go into the background too much because, as Steve said, this is quite a long and involved story. But um, the couple who were in charge of the campaign to get a sainthood underway um they were trying to find some printing plates to print the leaflets uh with Teresa's prayers on and they found the address of where these leaflets had been printed originally they went to the address um there was basically one house standing in the midst of an estate of houses that had been knocked down ready for redevelopment. They went up to the house. um, They reported it as having lots of dust on the steps as if nobody had been there for many years. They went to go in the house and a man appeared and said, oh, I've been expecting you. I've got something for you. He went in the back, came out and handed over the printing plates for the leaflets. They took the plates, looked down to have a look at them, looked up to say thank you, and the man had completely disappeared. So they thought that was a bit strange, but they they got (laughs) back in the car and drove home. Now, on the way home, they went to unwrap the plates and... 
the string and the paper that was around them just disintegrated into dust. The plates themselves were okay. Now, the following day, um, Tony, the gentleman involved, was in work and he said to some of his workmates, oh, I was up in this particular area of Liverpool yesterday. I just, and his workmate said, oh, what on earth did you go there for? And he said, oh, oh, I was just visiting a friend. And they said, exactly where was it? And when he told them, they said, oh, don't be stupid. There's nothing there. And he said, well, there is, because we called there and we were chatting to someone. So he gave one of his workmates a lift home that night and said, right, I'm just going to go past the house that we went to just to prove that we went there. And he drove past it and there was no house there at all. All the houses had been demolished and had obviously been demolished some time ago because there was grass and weeds and bits of small trees growing amongst all the rubble. Now, uh, Steve and myself actually saw and held these printing plates. We've seen them, they existed. But in a slight twist to the story, Tony died a few years later and Gladys's wife said to us, oh, have you still got hold of those printing plates? And we said, well, we never actually took them. We had a look at them, but we never took them from your house. We handed them back to you. And when Tony died, the plates completely vanished. They were never seen again. Nobody's ever seen them since. So there was wow. an object that was a solid physical object. We verified it was a solid object. Um from a house that wasn't there, from a man who wasn't there, and an object that disappeared a few years later when one yeah. of the participants died. Well, actually, I'm just going to add a, a, an addendum to that because the we had just completed, or rather Anne had just completed, um, I digitised many of the, scanned and digitised many of the um, prayer cards that had been originally printed with the block and others that had subsequently been done. And it was just a few weeks after Anne had made the whole website live that the plate disappeared. Really? Because we had turned them from um, a reel, you know, people could collect the, the prayer cards um, and one of the great difficulties that Tony and Gladys both had, um, and which was amplified after Tony's death, was um, how would they then distribute these prayer cards? Because they'd funded all this throughout their lives. Tony had done it all. Gladys, with the loss of Tony, was was uh, left um, concerned as to how she would continue to and then we came up with the idea about, well, why don't we put them online? Mm -hmm. And then anybody in the world can access them and, and print their own versions of them. And that went live just a barely, you know, weeks before the, the phone call asking if we knew where the plates were. Is that website still active? Yes, yes, it is. And you're going to ask me for the address now, aren't you? I, I would probably do that, but I, yeah, I don't want to put you on a spot, so I will. TeresaHigginson.com. Higginson I'm just double-checking that. 
It is. T H E R Teresa E R S A Higginson with a double G I N S O N dot com. So people can go on there and still order these. It's it's still yeah. They're all there, Just including the site. Yeah, and the the full stories there as well um, about uh, Teresa. And there's some photographs. Plus, you can also download the prayer cards. Wow, that's fact, pretty good. To, to show how long ago it was when we set this up, um, the copyright notice I put on there is actually from 2005. Yeah, which means no one's updated it. <laughs> well, well the, unless the printing blocks turn up again. Well, exactly. <laughs> we have, unless we have another time slip, there's nothing else to update. There's quite a lot of books you can get about Teresa, actually. There's a, um, I've got a small collection of books here that have been written about her and her life. Fascinating, fascinating story. Do it uh, on a side note is is, is why are they they thinking uh, sainthood for her? Is there a particular incident or anything? Well, that's that's yeah. where that's where we'd be here all night if we had to tell the full story of uh, Theresa. Just Higgins. as a very just as a very quick thing, there have been many reported miracles associated with her. In fact, people used to come from all around the world in coach loads to visit the grave and place petitions on the grave and there were quite a few apparent miracle cures including one that we documented um which uh cost me my original Teresa higginson medallion mm. um there was uh, my first wife had a work colleague who had been diagnosed with uh terminal cancer and um there was no hope. There was weeks, weeks were, was the uh, di- uh, the prognosis. And um, I gave her my original, both Anne and I had one, an original Teresa Higginson medallion that had been given to us and a copy of the prayer card. And uh, what have you got to lose? Give it a shot. You know, it was mm-hmm. exactly. Apparently they did. And then um, uh, just a couple of weeks later, they went for a scan and they couldn't find the tumour. That, those are stories that are simply that amazing. Those, those defy, I mean, they defy logic. They defy well, the realm of the, the normal. Well, this is, this is what Anne and I have been saying all these years. You know, this... This is why I think we must be the only paranormal group in the world that supports, actively supports the beatification of a saint. Um, I know most, and all, and all of the work is now done by Anne because I've moved away. But, um, you know, it, it, it did start off as a parascience project. Um, and it started off as a simple on a radio show that Anne and I hosted on with the BBC. And uh, somebody told us about the devil woman of Bootle. And then we tried to find, we were intrigued and we tried to find out more. Then the first series of uh, strange coincidences started to take place. While while both sides, both parties, Tony and Gladys and Anne and I, were reaching out to one another, unbeknown to one another. And then finally we we made contact. Um, And there was, there was, 
an endless series of strange, just small things, things that on their own you would say, oh, that was a coincidence or that was uh, chance, that was, you know, just you're reading too much into it. But it it was like a snowball. More and more events took place. And I remember, I still remember um, coming out from Tony and Gladys's one day and it was quite close to the time of the website. I think we just maybe even told them about the website. Um, and standing in front of Tony and Gladys's house and saying, I think the first time we ever said it out loud to one another was, I don't feel that we're in control of this. I feel that we're like a chess piece that's being pushed around to do something. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. Now, uh, we are going into the last quarter of the show, third of the show. So, Anne, I know that you have a new project coming up, uh, or an old project that you resurrected. And yeah, you're she, started looking... next, she started it next month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you looking for any any particular help in this project? I'm looking for people's time slip experiences. Um or anything that seems to approach a time slip experience, because sometimes it can be a bit difficult to separate them from hauntings. But yes, I'm definitely looking for time slip experiences. And I have created a Facebook page that people can go on to as well if they want to contact me or talk about time slips or just post their experiences to discuss them with people. Steve, can you put that up on our page for us, please? Chance. Uh, I won't be able to do it right now, but I will do it no, tomorrow. No, we have a chance. Yeah, we have yeah. a chance. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that people can go there. And so, what are you going to do with these experiences that you collect in? Uh, I'm going to hopefully get some idea what these experiences are. I'm going to be using them for research. Uh, I am also um, in the beginning stages of writing a book. Now, if anyone puts an experience online, I'm not just going to steal it. Um, I'm going to speak to people first because these experiences can actually be quite frightening for people. We've had plenty of people contact us who've said, look, I've never told anyone about this because they can be quite scary. Um, but if people are happy for experiences to be used, I can include them anonymised as examples in the book that I've just started, because it's a fascinating topic and people are experiencing these events. But if they're not talking about them, they're not realising how common they can be. So I just want to get some of that information out there and try and discover exactly what's going on. Try to correlate and see if there are any common aspects between them. Now, the the interesting thing is that uh, ghosts, ghosts. Uh, one of the theories on it was that they're that's what they actually are uh, a time slip from the past because you have them sometimes in their gob of that period. And they'll pass through a door that is not there now, but was at one time. I mean, I've even heard uh, 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 stories from people or experiences with people where they they saw a a person, I'll call them ghosts for the time period, for lack of a better word, uh, go up a, 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 a set of stairs that is no longer there, but yet they could see the 
the the spirit do it. Is that by any chance a, a time slipper or, or is that something that we don't have enough data on? No, that's slightly different because in time slips, uh, you wouldn't see someone, say, going up a set of stairs that weren't there. The set of stairs would be there um, ah. and you would be seeing the area as it was in that time. So it would look perfectly normal to you. Um, in fact, I'm sure, like some haunting experiences, people have had time slip experiences and not realised. I know of one lady who had quite a long time slip experience not far away from here, and she only realised what it was a few months later when she went back to the area and realised it was completely different to how she'd seen it the first time. So there's no really, from what I'm hearing, there's no really common aspect as far as even the mode of transposition. I mean, people have driven cars through time slips, uh, walked through time slips. Have there any been a report? Yeah, I believe in even some uh, ship reports of uh, time uh, there's slips. Also, there's flights. also from the, yeah, from the same area, um, the same general broad area um, near Liverpool, there's... there's um, there's one that involves an aircraft and um, and Roman villas. Really? I, I mean, um, can you give us a little. I mean, very, 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 very briefly. Um, two private pilots or uh, two guys flying back in their private aeroplane to Liverpool um, were waiting for clearance to land and were put into a holding pattern uh, near where Anne lives, um, over the Ince power station. Um, they looked down at the ground expecting to see the power station, but couldn't. Uh, they had just flown through a very small cloud, um, looked down at the ground. There was no power station. They thought that they may have become disorientated and off course somewhat, but they described a red tile roof building, um, that they could see quite clearly. They, they continued to orbit completing the 180 degrees going back through the cloud and as they exited the cloud they could see the inns power station again um and landed normally without incident later on it was about three years later on that archaeologists confirmed that the area that they were looking down on had been a roman settlement uh, that had only recently been discovered um in that location huh that's interesting so, I mean, would that also, you know, take effect for, for instance, ghost ships where, where people see uh, ghost ship ships that have been in the past, but uh, not now. And, and they'll see them, they'll pass them, uh, they'll even answer distress calls, but there's no, either the ship disappears or, or when they arrive, there's no ship. Is, is that similar or, or just, am I just... Well, this falls into the grey area of where does a haunting stop and a time slip begin. Um, mm -hmm. Usually hauntings tend to be more localised. Um, so you'll see a ghost or hear a ghost. But if you're talking about something as big as a ship, you may be talking about the kind of scale that could be slipping into time slip experiences it's like most paranormal phenomena that if you start to look at them in depth there's a lot of commonalities and a lot of crossover so we can say that if you see 
one see-through figure in your room, well, we'll call that a ghost. If you walk into the shops and the shops all look completely different and they change back again, that's a time slip. But then you've got this grey area in the middle where it could be either or both. But because mm -hmm. we don't know what they are yet, it's difficult to say whether they're a separate phenomenon or just different aspects of the same phenomenon. And of course, to, to further you know, confuse things, if you start having multiple repeat, repeated time slips, they start to mimic hauntings. Mm. Which is true, yeah. Because the definition of a haunting, well, one of the definitions of a haunting is that it's a repeatable event and there are repeatable time slips. Same. And I mean, totally, it's not only people seeing um, other things as well. There's repeats. There's reports of people actually seeing themselves in these mm. time slips. Um, and what? What about what about uh, audio from the the past? Is is that a time slip or is that to, once again totally something different? It depends what audio you're talking about. I know, I know. I was going to say that's so rather again. broad. Rather <laughs> broad, I understand. <laughs> I mean, if you you received a radio message from, uh, I mean, I mean, the one case is that you know that I was thinking of back going back to the ships is they they received an SOS from a particular ship when they arrived at the, the location. Uh, the ship wasn't there, but and, and they were able to. Uh, a ship had gone down there, that particular ship that they received the audio. I mean, would that be a time slip, uh, perhaps, or, or is it just some I mean, other thing? There's a case for saying it could be. Um, I generally think of time slips more as Visual. the whole complete area around you is changing. Okay. So just getting a, a message, uh, I wouldn't really class as a time slip on its own unless the whole area around had also slipped in some way. See, but then you case, end up with that really weird, I mean, there are, um, you know, uh, accounts of people receiving distress calls from World War II aircraft, right. you know, in the, in the 1980s, um, mm -hmm. you know, that are period correct to the call signs, radio frequencies, use of language, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, this is this is the conundrum that Anne has taken on, and I think you know it's a heck of a challenge that nobody else has, 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 has ever really been brave enough to. I mean, people have documented them. There's been lots of authors made lots of money documenting them. Um, you know the Bermuda Triangle ones were you, know, you could you could maybe consider here as well. Time slip. I, I think Anne has taken on a huge task, and you know something that. It, it could take her till last week to finish. No, I already finished it a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've got to also remember that we've we've got accounts and Anne's got accounts of uh, forward slipping time as well. Doesn't just go backwards. Mm -hmm. So, what? How do we know it's not just time travel? Some type of a time portal. <laughs> either reverse or, or forward well we don't know anything that's the point i mean if you could if you could explain how we could do time travel so we could replicate it then we might be able to make some ground further forwards but the, the whole area we haven't actually got 
a hypothesis that we can test at the moment to see what's causing it. That's amazing. Someday you might be looked at as the the uh, the mother of time travel. <laughs> yeah, that was that was last week. Oh, that was last week. <laughs> I thought it was the week on Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's what you got the award for, wasn't it? <laughs> Solving time travel. <laughs> I mean, is it? There'll be a, Star, way, though, there'll be a Star Trek episode all about Anne. If, oh, if I, could, it, I could do with that. I could get to meet Zach again. <laughs> uh, why did he make your heart skip a beat? He had lovely eyes. Gorgeous eyes. Uh, so, I mean, well, I how are you looking at as time slips as actual time travel? I mean, that's kind of what I'm at. I mean, what is the time? I mean, we, we kind of talked about it, but we're really not. Well, well, if you look, look at look at H.G. Wells, look at the time machine in H.G. Wells. It yeah, doesn't move anywhere. It stays in the in the house and the world yep. around the time machine changes. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, when, when, when we made the program um, with Zach, you know, the program was entitled Time Travel and time slips were part of that time travel uh, consideration, because, as Anne said, how do you tell one from the other? You know, I think terminology has got to be taken into consideration yeah, as yeah. well, because time yeah. travel suggests that it's something that's being done deliberately with intent, yeah. whereas time slip is accidental. But if there, was a, if, there was some, if there was some natural phenomena that, that allowed for basic time travel, for like a time portal, then, you know, pretty much like a tornado or something that just touched down in this particular area traveled in time to another area and, and then it moved on and that's it went back uh i mean we don't know that's the thing i mean uh, it's got to me it's there has to be some natural phenomena that that we are unaware well, of right? that, that is know, allowing this to occur what's intriguing is that you know we we talk about it like it's a phenomena but we we Every day, experience um, time distortions. Um, you know, you drive down a, down a highway and you suddenly snap back and you think, "Why am I this far down? I've missed my uh, turn off." We we look at the at the the moon and the stars and the sun, but we're not looking at them as they are now. We're looking at them as they were minutes, hours, eons ago. And now NASA have just put that new telescope up there. It's looking right the way back, you know, almost to the bang, the big bang. You're talking right now in in the future, right? And every transmission, this radio show will exist forever because the electromagnetic wave that's traveling out from the Earth that's you know that's carrying this yeah but it does dissipate. So it doesn't. It it dissipates, but it it never it never ceases you cannot destroy it it just gets weaker and weaker and weaker to the point where detection becomes a problem but the the source the the signal itself is still there and the way we experience the world around us is slightly slipped in time anyway 
Um, yeah. our, our brain does all sorts of clever things to allow us to. Oh, time is a, is a man-made, man-made yeah. thing, anyways. I mean, and now, and the other weird, the other strange phenomena is with the internet, because um, if you listen, if you listen to internet time, uh, there's because of the delay caused by the internet. And a good one is if you listen to the BBC World Service, they have the uh, chimes of Big Ben. Mm-hmm. But there actually there's a five second delay that's caused by the Internet. So the time that, that, you know, your phone is showing is actually five seconds difference than the time um, that you are living in. Speaking the, of time, the, we are now out of just it, so that. we do have to wrap it up. Anyways, uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve and Ron right here on Tojanan and Pararex Radio. And our very special guest has been Dr. Ann Winspar, who's doing a project on uh, time slips. And if you want to get involved in this, you can go to her Facebook page and leave your own experiences there, our messenger there. And we'll put that up on our page when uh, Steve has a chance. Uh, Ann, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. And congratulations on the award. Thank you. Yeah, so, I will polish uh, it regularly. Oh, there you go. Why don't you get your husband to do it? No, not something as precious as that. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, thanks everyone well for listening. Around all the antique shops buying radioactive ducks. <laughs> thank you so much and uh thanks for listening everyone and stay tuned for ghost chronicles next generation right here on tojanet pararex radio good night and god bless to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.